0: Welcome to the Viva Learn GXP Podcast. Listen in to learn from our network of industry experts who provide their unique insights, industry trends, and tips for success. Make sure to subscribe to our newsletter and join our community on LinkedIn to receive important updates on all things Learn GXP. Now let's dive in. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Learn GXP Podcast. Delighted to welcome back Danielle Duran today, who's going to be talking to us about fit-for-purpose training and maturity models. Danielle, welcome back to the podcast. If you want to just briefly introduce yourself again and just give the audience some background as to who you are.
1: Sure. So, um, high level, I am a life sciences learning and capability expert. And in my role, both at work With colleagues and also in collaboration in the field, I like to think of myself as a learning and performance catalyst, Um, because above anything, I want my energy to go toward the increasing of successful performance of others. And in my current role at Nestle Health Sciences uh, in the Pharma Division, I am the director of GXP Learning. And I I must also say that anything I say during this podcast represents my own ideas and opinions and um, not representing my employer.
0: Absolutely. And thanks for that clarification, Danielle.
1: Okay, so let's get
0: straight into it. So, a series of questions. uh, You give your opinions on the questions, and then we can wrap it up at the end for some key deliverables for the audience. Okay. So, let's start off with talking about fit for purpose training programs. Um, and what companies can strive for. Maybe you could explain what that means essentially.
1: Sure, so it's common in life sciences that we might say fit for purpose, um, and or we might even say right-sized. And we mean that it aspires to that Goldilocks requirement of something being built with a um, specific need in mind, um, that it's no more or less complex than it really needs to be to get the job done. Um, and you actually had a recent podcast in, on a similar topic um, recently talking about talent development, where a one-size-fits-all no longer cuts it. And that, that's a, it's a similar idea where things can't be one size. They have to really fit exactly what everyone is looking for.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That was with Brooke Darnell from Tolmer. Yeah, that was a really good podcast as well. So good that you mentioned that as well. Everything kind of um, links up eventually, I guess, when we we're talking about um, the training landscape and how we, how we view it, I suppose, in terms of life sciences. But um, let's touch on a little bit here in terms of maturity models, right? They seem to be ubiquitous enough in life sciences. Maybe you can speak a little bit about that and maybe ones you might have designed in the past in terms of your training programs.
1: Sure. So I think um, having a maturity model is really helpful for three reasons. Um, one is that it acts as a, an alignment tool, a framework. Um, It also acts as a tool for evaluating your current state and figuring out where things are. And once you do that, it serves a third purpose, which is moving from one state to another. And that could be more or less maturity. So as a framework for alignment purposes in in training, um, the GXP space doesn't have necessarily one set of rules. So it's open to interpretation. It's open to people's experiences and their own opinions. So having, having something that can um, allow for a shared language and a shared understanding is really critical um, because having that language mean the same thing from one person to another means that you can interact more effectively and uh, do work more effectively.
0: Got it. Okay, very good, and that makes a lot of sense. So the alignment, the current state, and also leveling up. And I think on that as well, um, Let's talk about the model itself and the different levels. Maybe we can go through that. I think there's maybe five levels if you want to explain those, Danielle. Right.
1: So everything exists on a spectrum of complexity, right? Uh, And in order to be really fit for purpose, you want to understand um, first just what the business really needs and what you want to deliver. Um, And in order to consider your pillars of of what uh, you're measuring within the framework, you need to think about it from those different levels. And so we start at the lowest level of complexity with limited. So that's that's the most basic. And you move into an emerging level. So that's where you're emerging into something with a little bit more complexity, a little bit more um, of purpose orientation. And then that moves into the responsive level. So when something can respond a little bit more, being less passive, and then higher level into supportive, where you're not just responding to a need, but supporting needs. And then finally, at the highest level, you can be optimized. And at that optimized level, um, that's where you can get really that most bang for your buck. Um, but you're not always gonna be on uh, on that highest level, and we can get into that later.
0: Okay, good. So Right, so the level, levels really are limited, emerging, responsive, supportive, and optimize, okay, I got it. And then to build on that, let's talk about the maturity model and the four pillars of the maturity model. And I think what we're talking about here will be more strategic level, outcome-orientated, governed, and sustainable. Now, if you can really kind of unpack each of these individually, that would be really beneficial for the audience. Sure, and I'll,
1: I'll address it at a um, at a pretty broad level because the, the article that I wrote that um, codifies this is really helpful and you can dive in real deep. But um, just to give a broad understanding, strategic really just means aligned to business needs and goals. Um, Training is a service, but it doesn't have to be a passive service. Sometimes you want it to be a passive service, and that's where you are in that limited state. But as you move up in maturity, you're going to become more enabling. So in that optimized state, you're enabling much more than you are being responsive and passive. In terms of being outcome oriented, that means that you have a very defined scope or you have a a scope that could be defined, again, depending on where you are in that spectrum. Um, You have or could have metrics, um, objectives that are um, defining where you want to go, and then having systems for monitoring your progress toward those objectives, uh, leveraging those metrics that you've defined. When we talk about governed, uh, that really means that you have defined standards and processes. Uh, You also have guidelines for engagement across the business. And when we're talking about sustainable, um, it really means does everything add up to being doable um, and even scalable and adaptive? And so again, all of these exist on that spectrum from limited to optimized.
0: Got it. Okay, good. So, to recap, then strategic, outcome orientated, governed, and sustainable would be the four main pillars. Okay. So, in your, I suppose, experience today, which is the most important one of these, or are they interlinked, or how does that work? Sure.
1: So, I think um, it can be it can be easy, especially when you haven't worked with maturity model before, to start. In, uh, when you, when you look at where you're where you exist right now. Um, you you can start to lean maybe toward one of the pillars and wanting to really prioritize one over the other. And all progress starts with one step. And so you do have to prioritize. But the thing to keep in mind is these are all highly interrelated and they're very connected. So you can imagine instead of playing Jenga in a way that you would typically play where you're taking pieces out, um, you can think of it on the opposite end where in order to build that tower up, Um, the pieces have to be coming together and you can't go too high, for example, in governed without enough strategy or without enough um, outcome orientation. So they are interrelated. You do have to build toward them together, even if you do have to prioritize one over another, but they really do come together in our enabling of each other.
0: Got it. Okay. And the Jenga analogy is a good one. I think we can all uh, correlate to that. Um, okay, that's good. So let's go a little bit further on this, right? So if a company wants to take this to the next level and they want to consider a maturity model around their programs, um, what does that mean essentially?
1: Sure, so I think I, I love the idea of people adopting this type of a maturity model. Again, firstly, just to build that foundation and get alignment on understanding based on having a common language, having that shared understanding of, of what a training program could be at an optimized level and helping everyone to understand and evaluate, where are we right now? And then getting on the same page with where where everyone's at along the spectrum within those four pillars. Um, and then you can start that discussion of what do we want to prioritize and what really what would really enable us to do more or even, you know, it's it's a time to dial back and where should we dial back in a way that doesn't um, topple the tower. Got
0: it, okay. okay, okay, good. And can you speak as well about why a company might aim for um, a less optimized approach
1: to this? Sure, so I think sometimes um, all of us, right? We've all we've all gone through school. We've all been high achievers. We all like to get an A. And sometimes, when you're looking at a maturity model, you can have a visceral reaction to it, thinking, "Well, I really need to be optimized in all of these areas." But that's where uh, being really uh, keyed in on that strategic pillar is important, and understanding the need of the business in that moment in time, um, whether the need has has gotten greater and needs more complexity, or if something's going on with business and things need to be dialed back down. So there's lots of instances where that might happen, where you want to uh, move away from optimized because it's not needed. So it could be a time where it's a brand new training program, and you can't ever launch something you know perfectly built out on the in the beginning. Um, it could be a newer business division or it could be a new um, or it could be a small business or a new business overall. And in that place, again, you want to start with just getting the foundations in order before you can be optimized. Um, it might also just mean that it's during a time of transition or business priorities are shifting. And so it doesn't make sense to have something um, in that optimized place.
0: Yeah. And I think we see a lot as well. Um you know, talking to customers and life science companies that sometimes they don't have the time to think strategically and maybe they just you know, push out a lot of training and don't think about that. So it's not the right fit for the person who's going to do it. And oftentimes training gets a bad rap as well, right? Because you do so much training that maybe doesn't apply to your role as well. So I think personally that strategic element is really, really important. No,
1: it is. And you're saying a few things that are triggering me a bit because, you know... <laughs>
0: I didn't mean no, to do that it's,
1: it's, so good. it's funny um well you know I, I'll just say I if you're assigning documents to read then that's not training right so I just I have to I have to say that out loud in in good. my like in my heart as a as a learning professional. Um but I think you bring a really important point which is Again, it's it's that coming together of what the business believes training, uh, effect, effective training could look like, and what you as a learning professional might know what training could look like. And it's coming together and uh, knowing how, how are we going to take steps along the way to get us to the, the place that it's going to be most high impact. Um, and being sensitive to what the business is even ready for. And I think that's something I've learned a lot about over time is what is the business ready for? Because if there's not certain yeah. governance in place or even certain outcome orientation in place, you can't have an optimized training system. So it's really being sensitive to where's the business and what what can it even allow in this moment in working working through that together again always in partnership
0: yeah and i think upper management need to see that as well they need to see the value of that optimized approach because you know it does take time to do this and you need buy-in from everybody to make it successful so i think that's a really good really good point actually danielle and then to go on that there's a lot to to unpack here right and we're going to do a. Uh, an upcoming webinar as well to go into more details and do this with with real life examples. But if people want to further look into this and are interested now, like how can they get started? Like what would be your first steps to do this? Sure,
1: so I'd say just spend some time with the model and spend some time reflecting on what what does it, what does it make you think of or what does it make you want to do? Um, And think about really where might your programs fit where do they fit right now? But where where could you get more effectiveness or more partnership and, and move further along, really add value to the business through your training programs? And then start mapping out your stakeholders and who do you wanna to talk to first and who would make a great ally? Um, and I think, uh, Grammy make a great point about the um, leadership, really understanding. And I think that's another, advantage of having a framework like this for alignment is the alignment can be with the leadership and sit down and show them here's what this could look like and have that north star conversation and engage the leadership with where do they want to go with these training programs what what kind of value do they want to leverage the training programs to deliver and that's where I'd start
0: yeah yeah okay good it's great really good starting point and then to um Get to the last question. So hot spots and things to avoid. What would you be particularly cautious? Sure.
1: About? So I think um, the first place to caution, at, at least people in, in my type of a role or with my type of a background, is when you look at a model like this and you see where you where you could be. Um, it, it's it's really inviting, really energizing, really catalyzing to want to get there. And I think it's just tempering that energy to make sure that you're truly partnering and really asking all the right questions and engaging with the business. I think that's the most important thing. Um, And I think it's also making sure that you're engaging with all of the partners. So making sure that you're connecting with your quality groups if you're not already within quality, um, talking with quality systems and IT, and not not leaving anyone out Um, strategically, of course. You can't always have everyone all the time, right? but doing it in that in that same type of Jenga, building up the tower kind of way.
0: Yeah, gotcha. Okay, very good. So, and I know we spoke about this before because we really know this is a really interesting topic for everybody, but we're going to follow up with a webinar, right? To talk about real world examples. I think that's something that's, To be very beneficial to the audience. I know something that that you're passionate about to explain as well, Danielle. Right? Thank
1: you. It'd be great to um speak with a bunch of people and get some questions and talk about how to apply something like this to your training program.
0: Gotcha. Okay, very good. Listen, as always, it's been a pleasure, Danielle. Thanks for coming on again to the podcast. Um, we went through a lot of stuff around fit-for-purpose training, maturity models. And I know I'm looking forward myself to going through the webinar with you on the next and the next outing. So we go through strategic elements of it, outcome orientation, governance, sustainability. Um, all those things are really important to advancing and maturing your, your strategy overall. So listen, thanks again, Danielle. Thank you. And we'll speak to you on the next, next Sounds podcast. Sounds great, thanks. Thanks for tuning in to the Viva Learn GXP podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe and leave us a review. To learn more about our training solutions or sign up for a demo, visit us at LearnGXP.com. Thanks for listening, and we hope you join us on the next episode of the Viva Learn GXP podcast.